Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Around the Corner podcast from Covering the Corner, talking all things Cleveland Guardians, minor leagues, and prospects. I'm your co-host, Brian Hemminger, joined today by none other than Matthew Schlichting. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm alive. I'll tell that's you always, what. That's always a good thing. <laughs> Most of the time. It's, it's been really, really busy over here. I'm mm-hmm. going a little crazy, but... I feel you. We're hanging on. So, well, as uh, we do each two weeks, uh, let's talk some Cleveland Guardians prospects. It's been a busy, uh, entertaining two weeks for the top 10 prospects in the Guardian system. So we'll go ahead and kick it off with none other than George Valera, number one on the countdown. Can't go wrong. And this past week, he looked pretty sharp. Uh Nothing crazy, but, um, you know, had a nice little 13.5% walk rate. Uh, Slash was a little low with the 222, 327, 267. So didn't hit for much power this this past two weeks. Um, No home runs, surprisingly, so no bat flips. Sad. Yeah. I think the only thing that jumps out to me from his line here is he had 15 strikeouts mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks, which you can live with that especially in today's game. So it's not the end of the world. He still drew his walks, so it's not like he was an out. Yep. I mean, 327 (laughs) isn't an elite on-base percentage, but it's not the end of the world. These are his bad stretches. Yeah, exactly. That's that's good for a bad stretch. Number two, Brian Rocchio, also on the Akron Rubber Ducks. Um, He also, you know, not his best stretch. Um, He uh, went... uh, Slash in 208, 283, 354. Uh, on the bright side, his strikeout rate was lower than Valera's, just 20%, nothing uh, too terrible. Uh, and walk rate was still pretty good, 9.3. He also did club a couple home runs. So he didn't have a lot of hits, but some of the hits were pretty big ones. Yeah, it's nice to see him crank two. And, and both him and Valera, Valera had eight singles. Rokio had seven singles, so it's not like these guys were ice cold or anything. It's just to compared to league average, a little down. So it goes. Uh, now, number three is interesting because... This, this was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad, but it's also good that he's back. Yes, um, that's the key thing. Yes. Right? So you got to remember it. Three games. It's not like he played for two straight weeks and this was the line. So we'll start with the line. 077 077 That's not it's, good. It's bad. It's a bad That's, line, but it's three yeah. games. He's coming back. But Negative it's Tyler Freeman. Plus. It's Tyler Freeman, our former either number one or number two prospect. And uh, and he's back from his shoulder injury. So that's the good news is he was activated. Um, so Freeman's back. he's healthy enough to be playing again is the key here. You're yep. right. And this was his AAA debut, so he's had three games. So yes, a negative 11 WRC plus is not good, but it was three games. It was 13 at-bats, 15 plate appearances total. He also got hit by two pitches. Come um, on, guys. <laughs> he actually has a tendency to get hit. I um, remember you saying this, yeah. Uh, he's not quite Brandon Geyer level, 
but he's right up there. If you remember, Greg Allen always got hit by a lot of pitches in the minors as well. So even though Tyler Freeman's not a guy that draws a lot of walks and he did not have any walks yet, um, he's actually got on base from getting hit by pitches more than he's had strikeouts. So that has uh, helped his on-base percentage be 130 points almost higher than his batting average. You know, <laughs> this this all makes me wonder if someone like Geyer ever sat down and calculated how much each of those bruises was worth <laughs> on one of his contracts <laughs> based on his on-base percentage. Well, I remember he got hit a lot on like the thigh. Yeah. Because like it was some way, some for somehow with the way that his leg kick was, his body would go through the strike zone for a small portion. So I'm trying to to picture it again here in my head. But I'm like the way he twerked his knee like back towards his back hip almost. Yeah, I I still remember him getting blasted by a John Lester pitch in the (laughs) World Series. Like that's just what he does, man. <laughs> They'll so. give you the base for it, and, mm-hmm. and so. Yep. But, so, yes, Tyler Freeman's line was not good, but the good news is he's playing. And so. I'm going to be really curious as he comes back, as he's building strength back up at, at game level in the shoulder, how long it takes him to get fully up to speed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's. I mean, this is a guy that only played less than half the season last year. He, play, he hit pretty well. Um. But he's been out recovering from shoulder surgery since then. So, and this is the second time he's had a shoulder injury. So, um, it's just should be worth paying attention to to see how he uh, performs. Uh, but I'm not expecting him to just immediately hit the ground running full speed. So, we're going to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and give him a little bit of time to get reacquainted with uh, professional baseball again. You've got three days, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Ooh, and Emmanuel Clace just struck out Vlad Guerrero to get the win. So there we go. Wonderful. A little update so, for you guys here yep. as we nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Record on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. <Mer. laughs> Whoops. So, um, um, what can you tell anyway, us about Daniel Espino? <laughs> yeah. So there's good and bad news with Daniel Espino. The good news, he was sensational again. Um in two games, he struck out 19 batters in nine point nine and two-thirds innings, uh, allowed three runs, only walked one. So a 19-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio. Yeah. Disgusting. His strikeouts uh, per Striking nine. out, yeah, 17.69 batters per nine innings. I just decided yeah. that anything above or, or anything more than 17 is illegal. <laughs> And so he is in violation of the law, and he must know this. I so. mean, anything over 9 or 10 is considered good. And then, 17! Yeah, 17. So, yeah, that's that's nuts. And, and as a starter, like, if you remember when Karen Chak was blowing through the minors and had that ridiculous season where he was whiffing everybody, he was at, like, 20. But that's where he would come in and expend every ounce of energy in one inning. Okay. Espino's doing it as a starter. He's doing it as a starter. And one of those starts, he struck out 14 batters in five innings. What really, who cares that he gave up two home runs? He only walked one guy during that stretch. So forget it being like effectively wild or anything. He is just smoking dudes. And there they lay. So that's the good news is Daniel Espino at this point might be the best pitcher in minor league baseball. 
Bad news, he missed no. a start this week because of uh, a sore knee. Apparently, he has tendonitis in his knee. Um, from what I'm hearing is they're being precautionary. Uh, he left his last start early with uh, the soreness in the knee. So he's missing this week's start. They think that he could start next week again. So he, he I don't expect it to be a long-term thing, but he is on the injured list right now because they have a seven-day injured list in the minor leagues. So, and since he's basically pitching once per week, um, they can put him on the list to clear up a space for somebody for a week. Nice. I think I posted this in one of the comment sections of the minor league recaps, but the knee stuff for a pitcher always, ever since Andrew Miller, makes yeah. me a little twitchy just because it feels like he never really, once he had it start. Well, Miller was so there. like long and gangly. I think it's a little scarier that he had knee problems. Espino's like, shorter and more compact. I think it, like he can, you know, be okay. I wonder if so. it's a little like um, seven footers in the NBA. Once you, especially once you start getting past seven two, those one day the knees will just not any longer. Well, you're, you're talking to a guy that went to college with Greg Oden. Oh, dear. So, <laughs> like, he went from, you know, number one draft pick to, you know, what what could have been in the NBA because of knee injury. So, yeah. now, now you're scaring me. <laughs> hey, I I grew up having to deal with Penny Hardaway and Grant Hill and T-Mac and everybody yeah, getting yeah. hurt. So, so mm-hmm. we'll just keep him away from tractor trailer. He should be yep, fine. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, I don't think it's a it's a a, a big long term thing. Tendonitis is a little scary because that you know that's something that usually re- requires a more long term rest type of situation, not having four months to go in a season situation. So we'll see what happens. It depends how serious it is. We don't know. We're not the team doctors. We don't know how bad it is. Thank but, God we're not. Yeah. So I guess we'll just see if he uh, shows up and uh, pitches again this this upcoming week. Uh, more bad news. <laughs> Speaking of injuries, uh, Gabriel Arias, um, he did make his major league debut. He got his first major league hit, um, but it was just during a doubleheader, and they sent him right back down to Columbus. And it seemed like he struggled a little bit in Columbus mm-hmm. this past uh, two weeks, slash just 144, 184, 286. And then he went on the injured list with a fractured, what was it, wrist or hand? It was either hand or wrist. Yeah, I, something, I like I think a bone in his was. hand. It was not um, the hamate. Yeah, it was not the hamate. They would have said. Yeah. As, as. But <laughs> what was interesting was there was no specific instance where you just saw him hurt his hand. So this could have been something that's been bothering him for a while that he's been trying to play through. I was wondering. It's like I, this- I'm... And that and that would yeah and and that would explain why he had a, t- a rough week and a half before he went on the injured list. So, because he does not typically have a, a, a struggle bus line like he had, where uh, strikeout percentage exploded up to thirty four, walked just two point six, um, did somehow still hit two home runs during that time. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious. I might want to go through the game log here just mm-hmm. for my own neuroses to see if we can uh, use stats mm-hmm. to isolate the occurrence of an injury. Why not? That could be interesting. But yeah, because he was, he was pretty hot to start the season and then all of a sudden uh, struggling. So I think that that probably is what happened is he, 
he hurt the, his hand and tried to play through it and it just got worse and he decided you know let's let's go in the injured list for a little bit he might so. have a little more of an uphill climb than we thought back to the major league and, roster because i yeah. think andres jimenez learned how to hit against the shift yeah jimenez has been scorching hot and miller's continues to hit well yeah. and all Clement, graduates clement's been mr reliable as a utility guy naylor's been on fire palacios has looked pretty good so yeah so yeah, it's it's been it's an exciting time right now for the young guys in uh, in Cleveland. Um, can I so, can I lead us into number six? <laughs> number six, let's go. So I last saw Nolan Jones uh, at a game last year. Yes, at, at a Clippers game. I, I do have and, an update. Oh, I, a, this is what I was hoping for because I have heard or I haven't seen anything, and I checked. Mm-hmm. So. Mine's a little more obscure. Like it wasn't like I got some report on when he'll be back or anything, but you know, if you remember last podcast, I said, Hey, you know, Freeman and Jones could be back soon and Freeman is back. So I was got half of them. Right. Um, now with Jones depends on how um, many O's you put in soon, I guess. (laughs) Um, but with Jones, here's, here's my update. Uh, I saw a video of Josh Wolf, who is also a pitcher that's uh, recovering from an injury. Um, And he, uh, I think the update showed that he was pitching to live batters at the training complex in Arizona. And the video was Wolf pitching to Nolan Jones. So Jones is healthy enough to be taking live at bats from, uh, you know, one of our top pitching prospects. So... The good news is he seems to be, you know, getting closer if, if he's in there in, in the box against live pitching. So yes. I, I would think he's going to be back soon. That's a really, really good sign. Mm-hmm. And I am excited to hear this. Nice yep. catch. Yes. So that that's our update on Nolan Jones. I would not be surprised if he returns this month for sure. And hopefully, just like Freeman, he's back before our next podcast. Excellent. And unlike Freeman, maybe he'll come back and absolutely just torch the ball it would be fun if he comes back and does some return of the king shit he's just like i used to be the number one prospect motherfuckers yeah like we're, we're kind of reaching all the way over nationwide yeah we're, we're kind of reaching that point with jones where it's you know should we get off the pot you know find out what we got with him uh you don't not just let him rot in triple a forever so and like I'm, I'm super excited to see him come back and play. To be clear, so I, this isn't any like actual. Come on, Nolan. It's just. Very and, you know, a lot of times when a guy, you know, maybe last year debuted at AAA, this year he's you know used to it a little bit more. Maybe he comes back and and he hits the ball really well. So we'll see. Not every guy, not every person handles moving around just as well. I know. I don't settle we've in had, until like six yeah. months after I move. We've had so. several guys that struggle the first time they get brought up, and then, you know, then the, the second time around they see it and they look a lot, lot better. Like look at Joe Naranjo or Will Benson throughout his career, Oscar Gonzalez. So, um, next up, number seven uh, on our prospect countdown, Logan T. Allen. So, is the T strictly necessary at this point? Well. Or are we just going to grandfather it so in? So <laughs> the original Logan, Logan the Lesser, uh, did get DFA'd this past week, but he hasn't been picked up by another team. So it's still entirely possible that he gets uh, 
brought back and sent down to Columbus. So until okay. that happens, Logan T. Allen is still the one true Logan Allen. Could would he be would he be able to refuse assignment to AAA at this point and elect free agency? Yes. Okay. I was just curious. So, I don't know that he same would, same with but... Bobby Bradley. So. So it'll it'll just depend. Uh, it's been less than a week still since that uh, Cleveland had to make uh, that choice to when they reduced the the rosters. So uh, I think we've got up had... until Monday for uh, a trade or an assignment to take place. So. Perfect. Logan T. Allen had himself a week. Do you want to take it away? A week. Yeah. So he had three starts during these past two weeks, all with a double A Akron, and he was lights out. So he pitched uh, 17 innings, struck out 20 batters, walked seven, gave up three earned runs. So had an ERA of 1.59, struck out 10.59 batters per nine innings and walked just 2.8. Or had a two, had a 2.8 strikeout to walk rate. I mean. If you guys are in Northeast Ohio, it's going to be a lot cheaper to go see him now than in a couple years. I mean, this guy, especially with a, a couple of our starters struggling right now, he's going to be forcing the issue a little bit. So, as he's continued to move through the system, he like every milestone that I have in my head, which would maybe be fun to actually sit down and like write out at some point. But there's never really been any point where I've looked at a week and seen a major concern, or then yeah. Seems he like has been, every other time we talk about his numbers, it's something like this, where it's like, why aren't more people paying attention again? Yeah. He has been Mr. Reliable. Like, yeah. he is a quality start machine. Like, he's he's not going to guarantee, you know, six shutout innings, but he's probably going to give you six innings, one or two runs almost every time. He's okay. going to give you a chance to win every time you throw him out there. So, I found it. Really he, like what he, I've seen on it. He threw a wild pitch. He did throw one wild pitch. I, you know what? I gotta, I gotta rethink my whole stance on him now. <laughs> no, he's 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 definitely making a very strong case to get promoted to AAA. It's if he keeps throwing like this, there's absolutely no reason for him to continue to smoke AA guys. Like yep. uh, another really really fun week, and I will let you read the numbers again. Number eight, Gavin Williams. Yep. Gavin Williams in two starts. He went 11 innings, allowed just one run, which was earned with 12 strikeouts and four walks. So had a strong uh, 3.27 strikeout to walk ratio. So, or three strikeout to walk ratio. Sorry. Um, yeah, just again, really, really liking what I'm seeing out of Gavin Williams. I mean, this guy has been tremendous. He really has. He gave up three hits. He gave up three hits, three hits in 11 innings. I just <laughs> that whip is nasty. He's as good as you were saying he would look so far. And yeah. that's exciting. I mean, right now our top three pitching prospects are, have been our top three pitchers. <laughs> so that means uh, it, talent evaluators doing a good job out there. Espino, Logan T. Allen, and Gavin Williams have been completely lights out. Well, we vote pretty well here on the website too, yeah. apparently. Well done covering the corner readers. So, How uh, do you want to uh, cover Richie Palacios? Uh, our next, our next gentleman? Uh, yeah, yeah, Richie Palacios. Well, first off, congratulations. Got called <laughs> up to... 
the bigs. He is on the show. And not only has he got called up, but he picked up his first major league hit and he has uh, got regular playing time in Cleveland. He's like good and stuff. Yeah. We knew that. You can't just do ambulance stunt jumps in a blog post if you're Mm -hmm. nobody. Yep. So at the major league level already, he is uh, racked up. Let's see. He had uh, two RB, two huge clutch RBI the other night in a, in in a win. Um, He's played eight games now. And how many hits does he have? Seven hits now. So he stole his first base today, I think. I'm just excited to see that the power is translating pretty nicely so far, too. I mean, he hasn't crunched anything. He has a double. Well, that double was oppo, you know, deep. So Yeah, like looking at the exit velocities, he's making solid contact. It's not like it's like the power will come in the stat sheet. Mm -hmm. It's so far, like you can hear it, too, when he swings and makes contact. Like it's, he's hitting it. He's he's currently slashing 316, 381, 368. So, you know, keep him in the lineup. Yep. I mean, he <laughs> Those also, are numbers you don't demote. And uh, I think what's been especially impressive is his strikeout rate has stayed the same. Uh, last year when he got promoted to AAA, his strikeout rate was 19%. And right now at the major league level, it's 19%. Mm-hmm. And his walk rate, which has been uh, very strong throughout his career, um, usually over 10%, um, has been as high as 17% last year when he first got called up to AAA, uh, but currently 9.5%. I mean, that'll play. That is a very good walk rate at the major league level. And I think it'll only get better as he starts to see major league pitching better. So uh, I, I said from the beginning... Uh, that I thought Richard Palacios and Stephen Kwan w- could solve our outfield dilemma since we've already got Miles Straw. And they're getting regular playing time right now, especially with uh, Naylor starting to kind of take over first base. Yeah, um, especially with Bradley having moved mm-hmm. on. So, yeah, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of uh, Palacios. So I hope he stays. I really do. Yeah, it's it's he been looks really good. fun. He looks really good. He's been good in the field too. And that's still not his strength, because um, that's still a position he's learning. Because he was a minor leaguer when we drafted him, and they really only first moved him to the outfield last year. A minor leaguer when we, or I mean, him? he was an in infielder, is what I cool. meant. Sorry, okay, sorry, that's what I thought. I just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Track. He was he was a bit of I think a shortstop, but could play second and third. So basically, a utility infielder. Yeah, so um, this is. He's kind of the first iteration of this middle infield type that they went out and got for his overall athleticism, who they have now transitioned to an outfield role through the system. But he it's also so far, does so have, good. yeah, and he's he's a high speed guy. I mean, last year he stole twenty bases at the minor minor leagues. So you I can think generate what's, power what's been impressive with, with me muscles. so far is at every level that he's ever played, um, he's had a over one hundred WRC plus every level of the minor leagues and and now at the major league level. So, so far as a major leaguer, he's at uh, 128 WRC plus. Yeah. That'll play. I'm, it'll be exciting to watch him continue. And like, I, I think the power number numbers will creep up because yeah. as I he mean, continues to make solid contact like this, he's going to keep running 
and you can generate power with speed. Yeah, he's not like, you know, a guy that's going to be blasting home runs. But if he stays on the ball the other way, that's really where a lot of his power generates is mm-hmm. um, like he, he hit uh, several home runs last year, Oppo. So if he's hitting the like staying on the ball and uh, being a little bit more patient with it, you're going to see him really uh, start driving the ball the opposite field. And and that's really where I think we uh, we can expect him to come through with those big hits. Who is our number 10 man on the countdown? Yeah, number 10 is John Kenzie Noel. And he was solid. I mean, this is a guy... Now, the the, the batting average wasn't huge, but the power was. <laughs> so he only hit 205. So when you only hit 205, you're not expecting to have a crazy slugging percentage. But his slugging percentage was 615, which is elite. I mean, that's elite slugging. So, and that be, that happened because he blasted five home runs in these last two weeks. And I so. know it's it can be dangerous to extrapolate, mm-hmm. but I did the back of the envelope math here. And if he did this over the course of a full season, he'd hit 75 home runs. Yeah. And I say to myself, screw it. Hang out by the Mendoza line if you're going to hit the ball that hard. I don't care. Well, what's That's funny, valuable. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is he normally hits at a higher contact rate, like, and he does hit for average. Because mm-hmm. last year he batted over 300, I think, for the season. The, the so, secret stat here on his stat sheet this week is that yeah. he was this incredibly valuable with a BABIP of 143. Yeah, he was extremely unlucky and, and put up a 148 WRC+. Plus. Like a guy that hits the ball <laughs> that hard to have a BABIP that low for a week is nuts. Yeah, like, and I and I understand his strikeout <laughs> rate has gone up a little bit, which is a little concerning. But his walkout, his walk rate is also uh, moving up. So he's actually posting a you know career high walk rate. So he's he's being a little bit more patient this season. I think particularly because pitchers know now <laughs> that you do not want to screw up against this guy. No. So they're not throwing him as many strikes as they have been. So he's he's learning to be a little bit more patient and take the walks when they come. But that's that's a skill that takes a little bit of time to develop. So you're going to see the strikeout rate go up as he starts to learn to start to lay off some pitches. If he gets even a little bit more selective, he's a very exciting young baseball he is. player. This is our first baseman of the future, legitimately. I, so you it's saw going to happen. With yep. the sound of his latest home run. It, oh, it, man. It, it sounds like somebody blew up a car and the third <laughs> baseman just like flinches and then thinks about looking up, sort of doesn't, and then goes and does look over his shoulder. And it's like, I shouldn't have looked. That's embarrassing. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a, a monster fan of, of Mr. Noel, so... Keep it up, John Kenzie. Keep blasting home runs. He is currently, I believe, tied with Oscar Gonzalez for the organization lead in the minors with a six. So <laughs> He caught up real quick. He did, because Oscar was way ahead of him, and then he caught up in about a week. That's fantastic. Um, are you ready for the top five from everywhere in the system this week? Yeah, and uh, we got a couple familiar names here. Yeah, so we have already discussed Logan T. Allen and Gavin Williams. Do we want to, anything else we want to do for these guys to wrap them up for the four? Uh, just that they are both amazing. And 
uh, I am so happy that they are part of our system. I see no need to cross-examine. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, very quickly, we have two of the top five players of the week knocked out, but we also have another pitcher that had a very strong uh, performance. So tell us all about Mr. Davis Sharp. Yeah, so I I was thinking I, w- I was keeping an eye out for a reliever this week because unless they really blow the lid off the place, it's kind of easy to miss them in the stat sheets. And so Sharp this week... Uh, four innings pitched, but struck out seven. No That's home good. runs. Only a single walk. No hits. No earned runs. Man, you can't ask for too much more. So he was one of our uh, 18 college pitchers that we drafted last season out of the 20 rounds. Um, he was the 13th round selection out of Clemson. So he is a six foot four right handed pitcher. So far in his pr- professional career, he has made pitched in seven games. Overall, he has pitched uh, 12 and one-third innings with 19 strikeouts. Has a 0.73 ERA and a 0.73 whip. Yep. That's so... That's good. That that's is very really, good. really good. So, yet another steal that Cleveland has picked up in the later rounds of the draft, looks like. We will keep our eyes on him. Who do we have next? Next up, we do have some hitters, and this one has been absolutely scorching hot all season. Can we read the numbers first? And then I just I want to build the suspense. So his slash line this past two weeks, and this is over two weeks. <laughs> 448, 614, 517. I'm sorry. I got if it. he was doing this, he'd be getting the Quan first two weeks of the season treatment. So monster performance, absolute monster performance. And uh, the name of this young man is Milan Tolentino. Um, if you are not familiar with him, uh, he was a, believe it or not, a glove first prospect that Cleveland drafted out of high school in the fourth round of the 2020 major league baseball draft. So glove first. So his, he is actually perhaps even better at uh, playing defense than he is at hitting the ball. But um, last year he pit, he played in uh, Arizona and he had a strong season. It was nothing like insane, but uh, batted a 301 with a 362 on base percentage. Did club six home runs, uh, had a 496 slugging. So well above average as a uh, 19 year old um, in Cleveland's uh, rookie league. And he actually did earn a very late season promotion to Lynchburg. Mm hmm. And he has started this season in Lynchburg again. And last, so last year he had a 121 WRC plus at Arizona. So very strong. Uh, but this year he has been unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, so entering the season last year, his best walk rate was 8.6%. And that was over 16 games when he got promoted to Lynchburg. And his strikeout rate last year was 29% in Arizona and 31% in Lynchburg after he got promoted. This year, 
He's now played more games in Lynchburg than he did last year. So he played 17 this year. He had 16 last year. So in more games, his walk rate has jumped up to 21.1%. That's that's disgusting. And his strikeout rate is cut in half, more than cut in half, 14.5%. That's like there there is some luck here with his hot start. Yeah, However, the bat the bat is four ninety. But but strikeout rate more than cut in half, walk rate more than doubled. Those are not luck. Right. So in seventy six plate appearances and he's, to have and he's, that dramatic a reversal in both categories. Yeah. And he's and he's not even hitting for work. power yet. Like because last year he hit seven home runs in a half season as a nineteen year old. So um, I am really excited about this young man. Yeah, I'm really I... excited. And I don't know if you saw today's uh, minor league recap um, that was posted on Covering the Corner, but he had something really special happen to him yesterday. He was up to bat, and I believe Cleveland was playing the Los Angeles Angels affiliate, or uh, the Lynchburg was, and his Milan Tolentino's father is the Spanish play-by-play announcer for the Los Angeles Angels. That's fantastic. So they had him in as a guest in the booth, and they let him call his sons at bat, and Milan smacked a line drive directly over the shortstop. The shortstop jumped up, and it just barely was out of his reach, and Milan stretched it into a double, and his dad got to call it. His dad's a radio play-by-play guy? Yeah. Okay, Milan's going to be really good. <laughs> that was easy. So I had no idea. That's cool. Yeah, that's isn't that the coolest? So I made sure to include that in today's uh, Covering the Corner recap. So if you have not seen it, go check the Thursday Covering the Corner minor league recap. It's the Lynchburg game. Really cool. It'll get you, it'll get you a little emotional. It was it was pretty special. So and his dad has a really awesome uh, Spanish accent. Since uh, normally he's calling games in Spanish, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he called it in English. so Oh, that's kind of cool, too. Yeah. Awesome. No, it was really cool. So highly, highly recommend you go check that out. But yeah, Milan has been incredible this season. Absolutely, unbelievably incredible. Um, and he's also already stolen four bases and has not been caught, So, which is zoom. already higher than he did last year. I like the Zoom. Mm-hmm. So everything about this young man... Uh, he is going to be rocketing up the prospect list if he keeps this up. And sample size is still small, but those walk rates and those strikeout rates, you don't get that much change unless something clicked, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So Kermit flailing. Yep. And then uh, there's one more uh, player on our top five list. So tell us all about Mr. Jake Fox. He... I encountered him first while doing one of the Saturday morning minor league recaps for the Friday night games. Um, he slashed 323, 560, 387. Mm-hmm. So truly a fantastic week that would look sensational had Tolentino not done something absolutely stupid. What's crazy is these guys are on the same team, too. Yeah, they've been lighting guys up. And... 17 walks, 34% walk rate. Yeah. Excellent. And the thing that really jumped out at me is Fox was drafted as a shortstop and he's 
playing in center field, or it might have oh. been second base. So they're already working on positional versatility with him. Yeah, let me check here. This season, he has played nine games at second, three games at third, five games at center field, and two at DH. He has not played shortstop. He played shortstop four games last year. It's just interesting. So they're definitely working on his versatility. Um, Fangraphs loves this kid, by the way. Um, right now they have him as a, his hit is currently 25 out of 55. So they think that it could get significantly better. Yeah. And he's, he's still a teenager and will be yeah. for the rest yeah, of this year. Cause he was, he, yeah, he <laughs> was drafted, uh, out of high school last season. Like remember how Cleveland drafted 21, they had 21 draft picks. They took, uh, like 18 pitchers. He was their third round pick and he was a high school infielder. So they really liked what they saw. And then they gave him a very aggressive promotion in his literally just turned 19, two months ago season. And he's, he's at full season ball as a just turned 19 year old. And he continues to blast snoods as it were. And look, you need to hear this. So the, the past week numbers are ridiculous. But for the season, his walk rate is 26.7%. Why not? That's over a quarter of his at-bats. He walks. That, that's a guaranteed walk a game as long as he, sees, as he gets four plate appearances. So I wrote in the recap, like, you can probably promote him, you guys. We're not going <laughs> to know if he has power if he doesn't have to swing. So, so yeah, on, on the season, <laughs> yeah, on the season, his av- his uh, he's slashing 267. 477 <laughs> on base and then 317 slugging because he hasn't really he, he has three doubles those are all of his extra base hits and he's taking advantage of uh those uh plate appearances because uh he has five steals with yeah. uh all those walks as and well this is like the with the hidden power thing right so basically yeah. he has 13 singles five and, of those times he stole a base one of them you go ahead and erase from a caught stealing, like uh-huh. uh, uh, that's that's a lot of extra bases. Just for well, being he fast. does have twenty three walks. <laughs> I know, but so just, those could be as well. Just thinking um, in terms, I guess you would want to add singles and walks if you were yeah. going to do it that way. But yep. you know what I mean, and two like, hit by pitches. So you're turning trips to first into trips to second, mm-hmm. really, and only and, exchanging one stupid walk. And I think what's really impressive is. Uh, he debuted, even though we drafted him last year, he did. And, and you know, they moved the draft back to July. So it's a very short turnaround to get drafted and then make your pro debut. A lot of players don't. Um, but he actually did play 13 games last year. And in 13 games at the Arizona Complex League, he sported a 147 WRC+. So what is, what's he doing right now? He has played 19 games so far at full season in Lynchburg. He's at a 148 WRC plus. Yeah. So he has been Mr. Consistent. He is maybe, basically one and a half times better than than the average player at his level. Maybe this is a, a comparison from outer space, but I remember when Maurice Claret showed up at Ohio State, it was kind of unusual at the time that he graduated early. From high or for, yeah, from high school, so he could show up to like spring camp the year before his freshman year, and people were like, "What?" And then they found out very quickly for that one glorious season of him just running people over. And so the fact that he's one of the guys who went ahead and hopped in immediately after being drafted 
Mm-hmm. That points to, and he's already working on positions that he's not used to. There's that indicates really good makeup and work ethic. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. So I really like what I see out of this kid. I think he's going to be special. And yet another talented young infielder in the system. Mm-hmm. That we I know Claret maybe isn't find the a, best um, yeah. comparison for for makeup, but work ethic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So if you're looking for a reason why Lynchburg has been scoring like eight or nine runs per game during the last two weeks, it's because Jake Fox and Milan Tolentino are in the middle of the, the, the top and middle of that lineup. So really, cool really special young players. Coming up together. We might have to think of nicknames, but that'll happen. <laughs> yeah. What's in the cupboard? All right. So if you remember, uh, the corner cupboard is the section of the podcast where we pick uh, a couple players that are not top 20 prospects and we kind of follow them along throughout the season uh, to see how they perform and you know sometimes we uh, find some uh, diamonds in the rough that become uh, legit talents that become uh, Cleveland players so uh, this past uh in our last podcast, I selected Will Brennan as my uh, corner cupboard position player. And um, if uh, you're not familiar, he is 24 years old. He was an eighth round pick in the 2019 draft by Cleveland. Um, he currently is playing at double A and he is off to an extremely hot start. So, so far in 2022, he has a 151 WRC plus, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, And uh, over the last two weeks, let's see here. Should I include yesterday? No, we go to Tuesday, right? Tuesday. Uh, Yep. So over the last two weeks, uh, Will Brennan has slashed. uh, He's cooled off a little bit. Uh, 233, but the on-base percentage, 359 with a 333 slugging. So WRC Plus has been exactly 100. So he has been a league average player, but he, gets he is on still base. almost walking twice as much as he's striking out. He, he gets he gets on base. He gets on base. If you've been watching your money ball, he gets on base. Uh, 18% walk rate in the last two weeks, 10% strikeout rate. So I like that. All right. Well, my, my position player... To start off the year is Daniel Schneeman, and his last couple of weeks he slashed 152, 282, 273. Um, good for a WRC plus of 63. Again, not one of those weeks where you're absolutely lighting it up, but a little bit of bad luck with a BABIP of 174. Mm-hmm. They had a couple of very nice games in this stretch, though, so... He did hit a home run, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the 1st of May, mm-hmm. he went two for four, hit a home run, touched the plate twice. And then back on the 28th, he had a three-walk game. So he's he's continuing to get on base, too, despite not having too much luck uh, on balls in play. So mm-hmm. we'll see what he does Okay, over the next two weeks. Now, uh, my pitcher is Aaron Davenport. Um, and I'm going to include his game yesterday that uh, would have been out of our uh, stretch that we normally include because there's something funny that happened. 
<laughs> so he, he made three overall appearances, three starts. And in those three starts, he went 11 and two thirds innings, allowed three earned runs, struck out 13 and walked six. Um, so overall had a 2.31 ERA um, and just overall had a, a solid uh, stretch. Uh, but what's funny was his start yesterday. It was three innings, gave up two runs, uh, and he got ejected because uh, apparently he was covering home plate and a guy was trying to score and he tagged him too hard. How dare he? Yeah, how dare he? And if you watch, uh, he tags the guy. I mean, it was a bit of a, a hard swipe at him, but he, he tagged him. And the guy gets up after sliding into home and shoves him. And then the bench is clear. And I, from what I remember reading, I think four players on the team got ejected in the so game. he applied the tag, then the runner got up and shoved him. Yes. And he got thrown out of the game for tagging? You can watch it. Uh, it's I, I have it included in, t- in uh, Thursday's Covering the Corner uh, minor league recap. So what happened was... So what happened was... A guy hit just a little uh, dribbler, and Davenport tried to pick it up, and he slipped and decided to to eat it. Um, And the catcher had come out to field it as well, but Davenport got to it first. And the guy tried to score, so Davenport had to race home. And they, like, kind of collided a little bit. Uh, The guy didn't slide. And Davenport, you know shoved him a little bit with his tag and the guy just did not appreciate it. And, uh, and then, you know, the guy shoves him and Davenport's got this long flowing hair and his hair flies all over the place and he doesn't back down and you'll see. (laughs) Okay. Davenport's the pitcher. I was. Yes. So that's what happened. Um, Oh wait, we might want to edit this up some cause now I'm watching and I, what the hell happens here? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was it was a bit of a, a chaotic scene. This isn't on Davenport at all. Yeah. So I'm watching this, and Hines kind of starts to stop and square up a little bit. Yeah. like It and, looked like he was trying to think about, you know, plowing him over. Yeah, and he didn't, to his credit. Yeah. But like, like he I changed wanted- his mind, and then Davenport was kind of ready to stand his ground on him. Yeah, somebody must have said something one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, I'm not sure. Or there's but... something between these guys that we don't know about. Yeah. Because, yeah. Anyway, drama. Yep. <laughs> so, anyway, you know, Davenport has been rock solid for me. And I know it's only been one week, but there is one player I want to switch him out with. And you, we can switch out whenever we want for any particular reason. So, yes. Davenport hasn't done anything wrong. He's actually been fine. I mean, you saw it. You heard his stats. They're, they're good. Mm-hmm. But there is a player that I'm even more excited about that's not on any of the prospect lists, and his name is Will Dion. Have you heard anything about this young man? I know the name and recognize that he is okay. one of our prospects. So Davenport, I think, was a fifth-round selection by Cleveland in last year's draft, a, a college pitcher. Dion was the ninth-round selection. Mm-hmm. And what I like about him is... He had a favorite player growing up, and it was Clayton Kershaw. And I remember seeing this about him. So if you watch that, him yeah. pitch, he looks exactly like 
Clayton Kershaw with his mannerisms, with yeah. the way he throws his curveball, um, the way he pitches, his entire pitching style, and he's a lefty, of course. Of course. Um, he has earned the nickname Baby Kershaw. <laughs> and I heard it growing up sometimes, too. Like if you've got a favorite player with a great swing, yeah. just steal it. And it's yep. fun to see somebody do it with a pitcher. So, and so do far, it so well that everybody sees him you know, throw and, and goes, wait a second. <laughs> and he was a little young for uh, getting drafted. I mean, this he was drafted last year, and he just turned 22. Okay. Um, and he is he's not at high A. He is at low A, I believe, right now in Lynchburg. Um, but so far in four games, he has gone 15 and one-third innings pitched. And his ERA is 1.76 with 22 strikeouts. So, Hello. Yeah. Very impressive. 35.5% strikeout rate. Um, really like what I'm seeing out of him. He's striking out almost 13 per nine innings. So um, he's been he's been good every start so far this season. And I, uh, I am going to make him my new... A corner cupboard player. Okay. So there's no actual, um, you don't lose any points. And we know those are the most important thing here. And there's no actual reprimand from the league office, but I will not format his name in the text box. (laughs) Until next week when I remember I didn't do it and go crazy and have to fix it. So now I have a pair of wills as my uh, corner cupboard players. So for me, my pitcher in the cupboard at this time is Jack Leftwich. He, in the last two weeks, he had a start on the 23rd and then also on the 30th. Ended up pitching seven innings, earned a win for both with a 3.86 ERA. Six hits, five runs, three earned, one home run, three walks. A couple of wild pitches and 11 strikeouts, but... A good start, and when you take a look at the first two weeks that he pitched here as well, that adds a couple more starts, he didn't get a decision on either of those, but he didn't give up a run either. So they're staggering 3-4-3-4 so far with his inning count. I'll be interested to see if they start to stretch him out a little bit more and keep him at single A, or if they want to have him face some more advanced hitters sooner since he's a college arm. But good start. I'm excited. Yep. That is good to hear as well. So next up, um, would you like to do the transactions or do you want to answer some questions? We, we should have time for both. Do you want to crank through the transactions and then we can get to the listener questions? Yeah, let's do that. So first things first, we had a couple players um, get injured. So Alex Free Plainez, outfielder in Lake County, was placed on the seven-day injured list. I do not know what the injury was. Uh, former top outfield prospect Daniel Johnson, who was in Columbus, was placed on the seven-day injured list with a right quad strain. Tyler Freeman was activated, as you saw. Uh, outfielder Chris Roller was also activated in Columbus. Um, now, this is interesting. We mentioned it earlier, Bobby Bradley and Logan Allen being designated for assignment. Bobby Bradley cleared waivers and made it to Columbus. Logan Allen was claimed by the Orioles. And uh, the only other uh, interesting things are Trenton Brooks was activated off the injured list in Columbus and Gabriel Arias was placed on the injured list with a right hand fracture. This means we can strike the T if we want. We'll have to revisit this soon. Hmm. 
decisions. I still kind of like calling him the one true Logan Allen. It's fun. <laughs> Allen the Greater. I actually think calling him Logan Allen the Greater or the one true Logan Allen is a lot funnier now that he's the only one. <laughs> and who knows? He could come back. I don't know if you saw this as well because it didn't go through in the transaction for some reason uh, or it wasn't listed. But Luis Oviedo was claimed by Cleveland. Ooh, interesting. So he actually made his debut last night and pitched an inning of relief with two strikeouts, a scoreless inning of relief for double A. If you remember, he was a rule five draft pick yeah. and spent the whole season with Pittsburgh. So they, they kept him, but then they uh, designate, designated him for assignment because what are they doing he, out he had, there? He had never <sighs> pitched above low A and then no. they, they kept him a whole season <laughs> Three levels just... above where he had ever pitched, and uh, and then they decided, you know what, uh, let's send him back down. And he was out of options, and Cleveland claimed him. So good for Cleveland. Let's see if uh, Luis Oviedo can make it as a reliever, because uh, he's still young, if you remember. Uh, let's see how old he is. What right? the heck are they doing waving a guy they wasted a Rule 5 pick and a year's salary on? What are they yeah, doing? He's, he's, he's only 22 years old. Uh, Pittsburgh. So thank you, Pittsburgh, for giving him back to us. Yeah, I was a little bummed and surprised he got taken. And then very surprised they kept him a whole year. So I just assumed. Yeah. But okay. Well, he clearly wasn't ready for Major League Baseball. Last year, he had an 8.80 ERA. So that was just completely unfair what they did to him. Yeah. But he's back, back where he belongs. And I would love to see him make it as a reliever in the Cleveland system. I would too. And I guess this makes for an interesting case study maybe about development. Mm-hmm. This, in my mind, it could break either way. Yeah. Where so what happened, either... it, it broke good for Santander, but. Right. So we now have some listener questions. Let's to do it. Take a look at our first up is from Derek tribe guy 97 asking, who do you guys think Clefo views as the future at the MLB level at every position? This Ooh. could include pitching as well, if you'd like to delve into that. All right. Well, we I know guess, a couple. Yeah. So Miles Straw has been given an extension. So he is our center fielder, hands down. Do you want to make like 2020 the, the Jose contract, the window basically then that we're working with here? Yeah. Cool. And straw um, contract, I guess. So, yes. Well. So, straw, center field, Jose Ramirez, uh, third base. Those are straight up happening, no matter what. Um, and I'm going to go out and say it. I think uh, a certain Andres Jimenez is our shortstop. Ooh. I like him. I think yeah, he's he, figuring it out. He's been really impressive the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with any of this so far, except that maybe Brian Rocchio could bump. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to figure out what to do with Rocchio, Freeman, uh, you know, Arias. My hunch is that Rocchio would be a better defender to the point where Jimenez could move to second. And then, boy, do you just have a ridiculous double play tandem up the middle mm-hmm. that can also hit. So that's kind of fingers crossed there. Mm-hmm. That would be my infield. Mm-hmm. And then Noel at first, <coughs> the guy with that okay. kind of power. 
I, you have to hope. He Valera right field. Yep. Quan left field. Mm-hmm. I'd say Bo Naylor, Brian Lavastida as our catchers. They kind of have to be at this point, too, unless we this make is, a trade. This is um, but who trades Hedges' for last year of his deal. So you would think that if Bo continues to play well like he has been, mm-hmm. that he is going to push for that starting job next year, especially if he can do it defensively. I think he'd have the ability because one thing I've seen a couple of times now is pitchers rave about how well he can call games. Um, and I just don't know if we really, I, I wish we could get some more writing or research done about like how catchers are taught to call games, how organizations think about teaching catchers to call games. Cause when you get it right, it's magic. Mm-hmm. Like Trevor Bauer, as we know, has certain, and so not great guy, hot head on the mound as well. <laughs> We're going to redo that bit. Just to use an example of a pitcher who is a bit of a hothead on the mound and a terrible person, Trevor Bauer, um, I would assume it would take a certain type of catcher to be able to keep him focused and he gets hit around a little bit. I remember when he first came up, it felt like as soon as he gave up that second base runner, it was like there's four runs on the board immediately. And it, Mm -hmm. it took him a while. I think to be able to get the jitters down and you wonder how much an effective catcher can help a pitcher develop that. Mm-hmm. So, well, from what I'm hearing, uh, Bo Naylor has been uh, doing a tremendous job with like Daniel Espino in double yeah. So, cause he's calling those 14 strikeout games. That's kind of where I'm starting to think like, and then you have a, a and that double a rotation is insane. And then you've it's got a insane. battery that's, that's already been pitching and catching together for years so. when they get to the major league level. Like this could be cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'd like well, Naylor's my hope at catcher. What about, what about the starting rotation game. then for uh, oh, our future? <laughs> <laughs> so how many of the current five guys do you think are still going to be in the rotation in like three years? In three years. Um, none of them. You think none? I would think they just maybe don't extend pitchers. Maybe McKenzie is still there because he's still young. Like this is like his third season, so he could still be in arbitration. Man, it stinks that that's why we're sitting here thinking. Like, like yeah, I would say, I would say just McKenzie Quantrill, and then you add the one true Logan Allen, Daniel Espino, Gavin Williams. Boom. Do you think Williams will be up that quickly? Uh, he's going to be in Double A soon. Okay. So in yeah, three years, I, you don't think he's going to be no, on the major league point. rotation? Three years. I, I was thinking. Like they started him pro debut at high A and he is pitcher right. of the week. <laughs> You're right. So they're not yeah. screwing around with Gavin Williams. That's a solid. That's a really solid sounding rotation based on where these guys are at right now. Mm-hmm. And I know we're. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, we Richie just have Palacios so many. Just got evaporated right in front of our eyes, right? Well, I mean, he could be a fourth out. <laughs> I think he's a fourth outfielder type of guy that so can did, fill in so at any time. No, like it's hard to prognosticate this far out on things, but mm-hmm. I, I think and kind Will, of what we Will Brennan to, could be making a case here too. Yeah, I think so. kind of what we mean to point out is. There is a case to be made for all of these guys having the talent to stick at the major league level. Yeah. Some of them still have a, a bit more time or yeah. a bit more Cle- things to work on. But. Cleveland is going to have to trade away some of these guys. 
Like it's just, there's too much for them to all get a chance. So they're going to have to make some tough decisions here soon, but awesome it question. seems, it seems, yeah, it seems like several of these young guys are uh, proving themselves right now before our very eyes. So they're, they, they're potentially making that choice hard, uh, a little easier because, you know, do you take a guy that's consistently already at the major league level and young putting up above average numbers, or do you take a shot on potentially better, but don't know? I think you trade away the unknown, take the known. So, oh, that's, it's frustrating, but you know, these guys are getting the first chance and if they make good on their first chance, then that makes the other people expendable. But you have to measure the value of the unknowns against the well, value of the risk unknowns that you're hoping for upside in. Yeah, so then... so you would obviously trade and get something good. Yes. So, <laughs> I... I mean, it's, I'm not saying just let them go for nothing. Like, they're still going to be really highly rated prospects, and usually you get some good stuff for those prospects. I so. get what you're saying. It's just we're right on the edge of a really, really wild conversation about, yeah. like, risk strategy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fun to think well, about. Well, yeah, Cleveland I, has to walk that fine line. They really yeah, do. So. They don't have a huge margin for error. And yeah. so it's been interesting to think about where they might be trying to find that extra value. One of them looks a lot like switching positions in the old NCAA football game <laughs> on PS2. Um, next up, we've got a question from Nick Kramer. All right. Of Cats. What's up with all the similar names in the last few years? And he cites Daniel Johnson, DJ Johnson. Bo Naylor, Bo Taylor, Logan Allen, Logan T. Allen, Mike Freeman, Tyler Freeman, also Ike Freeman. Yep. Uh, and then Will Brennan, Will Benson. And Will Bartlett. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, man. It's like, it's it's kind of funny. And it's been, it's a little tricky teasing them apart all the time consistently. But mm-hmm. I think we do a pretty good job. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's not too tricky unless they literally have the same name and almost same age and pitch the same left-handed, yeah. <laughs> like like the one true Logan Allen. So that's really uh, the only one that gets particularly difficult. So we also got a note here that at one point we had, there were three guys named Luis Garcia in the system, yeah. which and we've had uh, we have two nailers. So we might end up with three. Like I'm, I, it would not shock me. <laughs> I. Th- has their other one been drafted, or is he about um, to be? I haven't. I know the youngest nailer. I think. I God, think he's still. If they listen to this, it's got to be weird to sit here and go like, "Oh yeah, he's googling me right now." I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this covering prospects has a certain weirdness to it. Uh, baseball is still what comes up first, so. But I know. I think he was also playing hockey, and there was some uncertainty at one point about which sport he might partake in. Oh, here's something from the Toronto Observer. Texas Tech comment not only believes he has what it takes to get to MLB, but he could be the best Naylor sibling to do so. I'm sure they don't give him any shit about that. (laughs) No, this is actually a really nice interview. Um, Talking about how they all have different types of strengths, but he's looking forward to being able to, as he begins his career, presumably at Texas Tech, just to blaze his own trail. So that's kind of cool. Next up, we've got a question from David Avancho. Who would be in your best starting nine? Ten if you include DH, if you had to pick from all players in the Cleveland minor league system. And this is similar 
enough. To- now, is this today or is this, you know, what's Oh, that's, that's true. Oh, okay. So, like, David, we're going to warp the question a little bit. Um, who would you put at each position? Right now? Yes. But okay. remember, a lot of these guys can play multiple positions. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, here's my starting lineup. Okay. Uh, I think Miles Straw lead off center well, field. These all have to be current prospects. Oh, it has to be prospects? It's not... In this version of the question, yes. Oh, okay. Would Stephen Kwan still count? He's on the major league roster. I know, but he's still got his rookie eligibility. Yeah, okay. Allowed. All right. So, <laughs> okay. Stephen Kwan leading off. Um, let's go Palacio second. Um, and, and this is, these are not like my, like best of the best in terms of future value. These are, if I had to make a major league roster and start them against a major league team. Okay. So I'm not going to include a guy probably that's at low A. So I'm just letting you know, I love Milan Tolentino. I'm not starting him at major in my major league roster right now. So. Okay, so for me, I'd have Stephen Kwan, Richard Palacios, one, two, and three, I would have George Valera. Those would be my three outfielders. Oscar Gonzalez, dh First base, uh, first base, Owen, Owen, no, Owen Millen doesn't count since he's, well, I wouldn't pick Nolan Jones because he can just play third. Well, let's go Nolan Jones. Let's go Nolan Jones first. Because we've like got that. we've got so many guys that can play second, short, and third other than he, Nolan Jones. He has enough power and yeah. draws enough walks, I think, yep. that ultimately he would be able to stick there. So I yep. like that. Okay. And then in some combination, I would have uh, Arias... Um, Tyler Freeman and um, and Brian Rocchio, second shortstop, third. Cool. And then catcher Lavastida, right now. I think I like that's it. that's my entire lineup. Did I miss anybody? No, I think this is solid. All right. Is there anybody you would uh, swap out? So it doesn't specify that we cannot clone players. <laughs> so I'm going to go with nine George Valeras and Bo Naylor. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> you wouldn't have George Valera catching as well? You know, I don't want him to show off too much. <laughs> Realistically, um, I, I think I would want to stick Jones at third and then build around there, hoping and praying that that's where he ends up. Because I do think that he can. Um, it's just that he might not necessarily end up being able to scoot that way in our system. And so it would be Jones at third, Rokio at short, Freeman at second. Good God, I'm just going to give Noel first because those home runs, there is a certain amount of morale boost that a really, really loud and long home run gives the rest of the team, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a thing. So that's cool. Um, Naylor catching, duh. Quan in left, Valera in right. Center is kind of the position where I'm not sure. And maybe you just let Quan play center. Mm-hmm. So then you get a little bit more pop out of your left fielder. That also gives you the opportunity to let like Jones play left field some. Maybe you just bring 
Arius along for the ride too, because then you've got some more flexibility and being able to give guys days off at short and second as well mm-hmm. and cycle sort of a weird cyclone of guys. Um, okay. I still haven't ground. No, that works. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's, let's finish off our last question, I think. And it's a good one. Who's the next 40 man position player to debut with the guardians? Oh, does this Jeff- say position player? Oh, Jeffrey Lutz, 922. Dang. Okay. I didn't even read the time right. It's when I saw it said, I just saw 40, man. I already had a picture in mind. So. Well, who is it then? Cody Tell me, Morris. Brian. Cody oh. Morris. Currently on the injured list, 60-day injured list. But I think the second he's off that injured list, the second he's healthy, he's joining that bullpen. That's that's a good pick. Do you um, have your position player? Right? Now, in terms of position players, we have a, a, a list here. Um, if you go and check out the MLB.com slash guardians roster slash 40 man, it actually takes you and to a list of every player on the 40 man roster, including all the injured players. And it'll even show you which players are currently in the minors. So you can actually go straight to the position players. And then out of that list, you got to go, okay, well, Gabriel Arias and, um, Brian Lavastida have already been called up and have got hits. So they wouldn't count since they have already made their debuts. So that reduces the list down to 40 men. There's only like six options now. You got Tyler Freeman, Nolan Jones, John Kenzie Noel, Brian Rocchio, Jose Tena, and George Valera. Six choices. Only two of them are at AAA. And that's Tyler Freeman and Nolan Jones. So... I think it's going to be Nolan Jones. I, I don't think that those double A guys leapfrog either of Freeman or Jones. I guess this depends on how quickly he's able to rebound from his recovery as well. Mm-hmm. I was that's I was going to take that as my pick, but now I want to also have a pick. I'm going to go. Look at the page like a loser. But if I if I wasn't following the question perfectly, I would still say Cody Morris. Because I, I think by June or July, he is in the bullpen. You heard it here first. Unless they do some shakeups on the 40-man roster to accommodate someone else, I think you're right. Um, no, I'm not sure that anybody else could make the leap unless maybe Rokio comes up for a doubleheader or something because he's already been to spring training a couple of times now. Um, I'm also wondering again about the previous question because I keep forgetting Noel's playing a lot of third base too. Yes. So that opens up a lot of flexibility. I mean, he's mainly, he's mainly playing third because he's splitting time with Naranjo and Naranjo is a first baseman. That's mm-hmm. all he does. So I think if Noel gets promoted to like double a, he'd be playing first base there. It'll be interesting to see what they want to do with him positionally. Yeah. Like one of those guys is getting promoted to double a soon. Cause they're both playing very well. And uh, I think when whoever does, then they both just play first base again. I also didn't grab a DH either, but since we can't take Owen Miller. I'd say Oscar. Go Oscar, man. Well, I, no, Unless you Pal- already had him in your outfield. Well, Richie Palacios has to be involved, and so does Oscar Gonzalez, I think. I don't know. 
I have a lot of anxiety about it because there's too many good you, players. That is, that's a good problem to have, though. Isn't that I a good know. problem to have? Like, we don't even get paid to do this, and I'm stressing out about it. I can't imagine <laughs> trying to actually figure it out. Jesus. <laughs> that's why I say uh, it, it should take a little bit of stress off when you see the players performing above average yeah. already. And that just, you got a certainty there instead of a what, what, what if situation. So but, yeah, I think Jeffrey Letts to to bring it back home. Nolan Jones seems like the it, it seems like he would be the next one to come up for any legitimate amount of time at least, mm-hmm. unless there's some tomfoolery afoot. <laughs> well, I think we've uh, reached our point I in the podcast so. where um, it might be time to go out with a bang in terms of a certain poet. <clears throat> so I do have a selection ready from E.E. E. Gammings, if you're familiar with him. Always. Okay, well, I will, I will go ahead and begin. <clears throat> when Hanser Alberto has touched the bat, Ryan Helsley isn't a book in thought. Leonardo DiCaprio's envelope your cup. 